Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The New England Patriots are on the hunt for a quarterback. But according to Tyler Sullivan of CBS, it may not be going as smoothly as they imagined and or hoped that it would. The Patriots are not enamored with the current class of free agent quarterbacks that are set to officially hit the market in a couple of weeks. Some of the free agents available that Bill Belichick could explore, Jacoby Bursett, who's familiar, who's a familiar name, who gained some starting experience with the Colts, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, and Tyrod Taylor are a few other veterans out there, but each may not come with the ceiling high enough for the Patriots' liking. Sullivan adding Cam to that list is interesting. And do we now have to wonder, are the Patriots going to solve their quarterback situation via trade? And if they are, does that mean it's either going to be Jimmy Garoppolo or Marcus Mariota. We'll discuss it. It's your boy Ray with my boy Connor, my girl Sarah. Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast. And we're back. Yes, we are. And I want to remind everybody to head on over to our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash DPN sports, where you will get daily exclusive content about the Boston Red Sox and the New England Patriots over at patreon.com slash DPN sports for only five bucks a month. No tears, just five. It's like having another YouTube channel. Just not everybody gets to see it. It's called the Dear Pats Nation Loyalty Club. Go check it out. Connor, Sarah, how you doing on this beautiful Wednesday? Very well. How are you guys doing? It was, oh, I don't know if this is like a thing that's going around, but I was talking to a friend who lived in Boston and was like, or he lives in Boston. And he was saying it's super windy there. And then it's really it windy is. here. Is it just windy everywhere? It is. Because the past two days, it's been very windy here for whatever reason. I mean, I don't mean to be that person to talk about the right off the bat, <laughs> but this wind was crazy today, and I felt like I was get to, about to get blown away, and it's just weird that it's just everywhere, it seems. Yeah. This, this is the hard-hitting content you're going to get on yes. this podcast. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I just had to ask, because uh, it was a little weird, so. Yeah. No, it is. That's very true here. <laughs> so, I'm uh, great. Other than that. I guess. So, so if you guys are done talking about the weather, you guys want to talk about the Patriots? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, interesting article that I read today because we kept hearing about bridge quarterbacks and a whole bunch of that other stuff, right? That's sort of been the the thing. We got to get a bridge quarterback. We've obviously Cam Newton is an option, somebody we've talked about a lot on this channel. Uh, some of us support him. Some of us don't. Uh, some of them are okay with him coming in. Some of them aren't so okay. Uh, our fan base is split on our fan base is split on the reaction of it, but 
Um, yeah, apparently the Patriots, and I'm assuming by Patriots they mean Bill Belichick, but it could be other members of the New England Patriots. Apparently they are not they're not enamored with this quarterback list. Uh, are you surprised that they're not enamored with this list? We've gone through it a lot, and I wouldn't call this top-end talent. What do you guys think? I'm not surprised at all. I miss because- that. You guys keep freezing. Oh, no. Well, you were perfectly fine to me, so... I'll answer the question first. Um, I'm not surprised just because that's, I mean, I guess a little bit surprised just because you can't really off of Patriots fans reactions to, to figure out if that's how the Patriots feel. But the fact that we've all been feeling that way and most of the media has been feeling that way, I guess it's not that surprising. I mean, there really isn't that anyone that's excited to, you know, exciting um, that's going to free agency. I mean, some of the, the names that have been talked possibly being traded or something like Watson and uh, Garoppolo, like those are more exciting, but yeah, I mean the ones that you can pick up, I I don't blame them for not being excited at all. So Connor, I was saying, is it a surprise to you that the Patriots are not enamored with the guys like Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, Tyrod Taylor, the free agents that are available, Jameis Winston, does it surprise you at all that they're not really enamored with that list? Because, you know, I just kind of said, but I think I froze out. It's not really the most talented list in the world. No, I'm not surprised at all because I'm not really enamored with anyone on that list either. Um, I, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of a tear to everybody on that list. But for the most part, I put them all in the same bunch, all as like middling, decent, somewhat all right quarterbacks like Cam solid, Fitzpatrick solid, uh, Mariota's all right. I know he would be a trade, but no one on that list is anyone that I would really get excited about if the Patriots signed. The, the, there's just nobody out there right now that I would really say this is the future of the Patriots at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But even if we're not talking future, we still that that bridge quarterback is something that gets talked about a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Do any of those are any of those guys appealing to you? Or should they be appealing to the Patriots as bridge quarterbacks? If we're going the bridge route, I say just go with Cam Newton at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have the necessarily, as we sit today, the faith that Cam Newton's going to lead the Patriots to a Super Bowl. But if their mindset is, hey, this year we're going to go 7-9 and nine again or whatever, and we're going to try and build for the future and have a quarterback that's going to set us up for the next five to ten years, whether that's Mac Jones or whoever the rookie's going to be, I think he would be a great person to coach the kid along. But if we're going to go for it this season, I don't see anyone on that list who's seriously going to bring the Patriots to Super Bowl. Sarah McHomer, do you have anything to add to that? I'm sure that that was something you wanted to hear. Yes, and I basically would have said the same thing. I just think Cam's familiarity with the team is going to be a big thing for him just because, you know, bringing someone in and dealing with all of those growing pains of trying to figure everything out and get to know the players, the team, the system, and all that, um, it makes the most sense to bring Cam. So I have nothing else to add. Well, one of the offshoot topics that I did have for tonight was Belichick doing nothing but apparently raving about Cam Newton throughout this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read this article last week that apparently he uh, people have been saying, I don't know who's saying it, but sources are saying that he's just spent like the offseason raving about Cam Newton. Uh, talked about it, you know, it, it mainly it was surrounded around his work ethic and how hard he worked and that kind of thing, which isn't surprising because we heard a lot about that uh, while he was playing. But they did come out and say that Belichick's only concern with Cam Newton is his arm strength, mm-hmm. which is like, to me, when I think about it, like 
saying like the kid's a really hard worker or the guy's a really hard worker and you know he he does everything we want and he's you know an excellent leader you know but the arm strength is an issue and you know i don't know if he can get that ball downfield like he used to maybe this is unfair but isn't that kind of like signing cam newton almost like getting the participation award at this point if if they're worried about the actual mechanics of the game yeah yeah i mean i i understand that he's a hard worker but that only gets you so far in the NFL. I'd rather have somebody who's not that hard of a worker and produces better. You know what I mean? I, I remember uh, hearing a thing. I don't know if it was on TV or a blog or something, but Mike Vick never watched film when he played for the Falcons. You know what I mean? He So he was the exact opposite, but he was pure talent. So that, Michael that's Michael Vick also never there. got to a Super Bowl either, though. That's true. I, I would prefer to have someone who does both. You know what I mean? Has that pure talent and is a hard worker. But I mean, Cam worked his butt off last season. Definitely very grateful for it. But they still went seven and nine at the end of the day. Um, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Belichick was always rumored to like um, even before he went to the Patriots anyway. So I'm not surprised about him still raving about him. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that I completely agree about it being like in a, you know, a participation trophy. But I think it's just hard to tell where his head is at. Like if he's not really liking anyone, then yeah, he's probably going to like Cam the most. But if they're planning on drafting a quarterback, I mean, like we we just were talking about, it makes the most sense to bring Cam back. But it's it's I don't know it's it's just all the speculation it just makes my head spin I'm like I don't even know yeah. how to like think about it anymore so we talk about that bridge guy mentoring that young quarterback mm-hmm. is it possible if he really does like Cam Newton because of the work ethic and all that kind of stuff that he brings in Cam Newton knowing that this season could go awry and I think it's as much as you 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 know if you want to have faith in him and I mean, I'm not trying to single Sarah out here, but you are the more positive one on of this trio. Um, even if you have faith in him, you want to give him a chance with weapons and that kind of thing. I mean, can you really say it's fair to go into the season saying that, you know, I think the, the Patriots could compete for a playoff spot because, or do you look at it going, if it works, great. If it doesn't, at least the young quarterback that they draft has a good mentor in front of him. Yeah. Um... I don't, you, you you go first, Connor. So I'm like I'm just I'm 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 a babbling mess right now. <laughs> no, I I mean I think that that makes sense. At that at that point, it says worst case scenario, they don't succeed. They go seven and nine. It's a repeat of last season, but we know that there's brighter days ahead. I mean, I think the worst case scenario is if they don't draft the quarterback, they try and go for it this season, they fail, they end up seven and nine again. They sit in no man's land, and we're at the exact same point next year as we are right now. You know what I mean? At least if they draft whoever it might be, I keep saying Mac Jones, but it could be somebody else. And we say, hey, this kid's supposed to be the future of the Patriots at quarterback and they fail next season. Then we know that hopefully that brighter days are ahead. But if we go for it and fail, then there's really nothing to go for. So I'm hoping that that that's what happens. Yeah, I think I mean, it's hard because the quarterback is so important. It's just hard to. To. I don't know. I'm such a mess right now. But yeah, um, I'm just, I was reading some of the comments too. But yeah, no, I have nothing to add. I'd rather not just keep 
talking and talking, nothing. Well, let's talk <laughs> through it because I was really directing that question directly to you. So I'd love <laughs> yeah. to answer it. But let's <laughs> let's try to talk our way through it. Um, you're because you you hit it on the head. The quarterback position is the most important, you know, part of this team. Um, if you watch Lawrence's film breakdown of Cam Newton, there were some really good things that he did last season, but there were also some really bad mechanic things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and a lot of the discussion that Lawrence got and I got into, I believe on Sunday was he's at the age now where you can't, it, it's not a tweak, it's a fix. And to try mm-hmm. to fix it now to, to have this hope, like, oh, we can, you know, he can just tweak this and fix this. And I've seen a lot of comments and I've heard you say it's there, like he can work on this and fix this. He, he's going to be what? 32 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's. He's coming to the twilight of his career. This isn't Tom Brady getting more nimble in the pocket and, and you know, and, and, find, and improving his game in that way. Um, you can work on those little things when your mechanics are right. You know, uh, that's, why, that's why for years, and they probably still do it, but you watch football games that didn't involve the New England Patriots, and they would be comparing somebody's throwing motion to Tom Brady's. Mm-hmm. And that throwing motion comes out because of mechanics. And did it? Did it? Did his mechanics get better as he got older? Of course he did. He tweaked them, and it got better and better and better. And he really like, you know, Brady was that you know fine wine type of thing where he got better as he got older and he did improve. But we weren't. You weren't talking about Brady completely overhauling his game at 32 years old. It was tweaking and improving upon a game that already worked and he just made it better and better and better. That's my concern with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And you know, Lawrence said, and I'm going by like, you know, we've all given opinions, I test this and that. I'm trying to go by what Lawrence said and pointed out on the film room because it's right there. You can't argue mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. And Lawrence does it very objectively where he shows really good things, really bad things, in between things. You know, he said it. The the his offensive weapons didn't help him at all, right? Like he he wasn't helped at all. But then there was times that, you know, Cam Newton had no pocket awareness and held onto the ball too long and couldn't read a defense. And there was a seven-man blitz. And he was waiting for guys to get open downfield. And then he was getting hit from behind. That's not something you can just fix. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. forget the whole forgetting the plays. You know, if we want to use COVID brain as a legitimate excuse, let's use it. So forget that piece of it. But you're watching him on a seven-man blitz staring at a guy 30, 40 yards down the field, whereas if you look to the left, wide open. If you would have done a strike to the right, wide open, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's my concern. That's just Cam Newton as a quarterback. And how, yeah. you know, and how do you fix that? Now, that's under the impression that the Patriots are going to go for it in 2021. Mm. If you guys are okay, which Sarah, you haven't been so far, Connor, I have you teetering, but you still lean towards going forward in 2021. Mm -hmm. If you guys are okay with let's roll the dice in 2021, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And let's just continue this rebuild. Then Cam Newton's perfect because he's going to come in. He's going to mentor. He's probably going to be really supportive to the young man. Whoever they is, whether that's Mac Jones or Trey Lance, whoever they bring in, he's going to give him a funny nickname. He's going to teach him how to be an NFL quarterback. Maybe by week nine or ten, the rookie comes in the game. But if Cam Newton comes in, I think our expectations for what this season need to be need to be low. And if they do happen to make the playoffs, it's an added bonus. I think if we go in thinking, if we go in with Connor's mentality of last year that the Patriots are going to win, you know, the the mm-hmm. I mean, the floor is twelve games. You know, the floor <laughs> was twelve games with Cam Newton. 
if we go in with a floor of 12 and a ceiling of 13, 14, we're, it's just going to be another greatly disappointing season. And I wonder if we talked about, you know, were expectations too high on Cam Newton? Absolutely, they were too high on Cam Newton. But those are two different arguments. That doesn't excuse the way he played. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We can't use that our expectations of winning football games as an excuse for the way he played. Those are actually two different arguments, right? I think the anger that goes towards Cam Newton, and we've seen legitimate anger towards Cam Newton. Yes, that's where we talk about expectations, right? That's where we talk about that's you having expectations way too high, and that's why you're angry. That our expectations doesn't, you know, equate what happened on the field, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, I feel like it's just such a – so such, Cam is especially – it's just the whole – him coming back, the, the uh, how he played, how the season went, and everything that invo- is involved with, you know, whether it impacted him or not. It's such a complicated issue. Like, there's so many layers to it. So, it is hard to predict, like, how he would play if they brought him back. Like, would he be good? Would he not be good? Would we get a repeat or we wouldn't? It's like, I, I always try to be optimistic and sometimes to a fault. I know that some people can find that to be kind of annoying, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I think that if they signed him earlier, I think that's a good thing, too. Like if they're planning on bringing him back in whatever capacity they're trying to bring him back as a bridge, as a mentor or whatever. I think signing him really will be the best idea. So if they're going to go with him, they, they need to do that fast. So the other piece I want to throw out, too. And I get what you're saying. And I, Sarah, one of the reasons I like you is your optimism. Because mm-hmm. believe it or not, as much as people say I've been negative and and coming down on Cam, I'm a lot more positive than a lot of Patriots podcasters out there right now. Um, same with Connor. Yeah. And we've heard of the COVID brain, and I know you're willing to die on that hill, and and I commend you for that. I really do. That's not me being sarcastic, right? But those mechanic issues we were talking about, the very first one that Lawrence pointed out was in the Raiders game, mm. which was a week before he tested positive for COVID-19. Right. Mechanics issues has nothing to do with when he signed with the Patriots, has nothing to do with anything. If the mechanic issues started post-COVID, post the Chiefs game, then yes, maybe those mechanic issues are down to the fog, right? Because the fog is a real thing. But we were Lawrence was pointing out these issues pre. Which what I would be interested in, just because this is something that I've heard, people have said that he's had mechanic issues like his entire career. I would be interested to see if Lawrence could, I mean, I'm not asking him to do this, but um, look at him playing in um, with the Panthers. Like, was there the same issue there? Was this something that started um, with the Patriots? Because I remember you guys were talking about um, it might have been something that the Patriots had him specifically work on, and that's why it was a little bit wonky. Or is it something that he's had for years and it's just always been an issue and maybe just wasn't as glare- like blaringly obvious as it is? If Lawrence is listening to this, and I assume he is because he does, can you post the link to your Cam Newton film room from the offseason pre-signing with the Patriots? Yeah, I would because, I would watch it, yeah. Yeah, because those mechanic issues are there. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes it even more difficult because obviously you, you really can't fix that. So I, I'm just wondering if there is a way that they can tweak it or something. I think that an off-season and, a, uh, you know, camps and stuff like that is going to be super important for him. And I'm fine if they sign him and then, you know, they go through training camp and preseason and they say, you know what, we can't do this. That's fine. I'm a big advocate for him coming back, and I think he makes sense as a bridge. 
but I'm also not like dismissing or ignoring that there are issues. I just want to make that clear because I think the chat sometimes gets confused thinking that I just look past everything. No, I'm aware of it. I'm just a big cam believer. So I try I to be think, as positive as I, I can. Think sometimes you won't acknowledge it. You'll we'll put yeah. out an issue and you'll work around it and start talking about other things when, mm -hmm. you, you know, and I and I and yeah, I, but I don't think that you you have acknowledged those those issues. Connor has the there's a lot going on in the chat face and we need to get to the chat look on his face. So why don't we get to that <laughs> chat, Connor? I'm I'm over here. I got Ross starting it off with the uh, with the donation. So <laughs> thank you, Ross. He says tight end core has less <laughs> than 20 receptions. Weapons first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But you need somebody to throw them the football, too. Mm -hmm. that's right? a very good point here's my concern for cam newton as well if if belichick gets weapons if he signs kyle rudolph if he brings in alan robinson you know or Corey davis and curtis samuel guys who, who people have talked about my concern for cam newton is if things still look the same we remember everything that was said about him last year Mm -hmm. But we still made the arguments of, well, look at Nikhil Harry, look at Demir Bird, you know, Julian Edelman's a shell of himself. The tight ends can't get open. They're not playing well. We got nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my concern. We got nothing. We're going to have to sit here and we're going to have to take every piece of cam slander and we're going to have to say, you're correct, you're correct, you're correct. Connor, you're going to have to bow to NFL talk. You know what I, I mean? know that's like, exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> and it, it's, but it's just the reality of it. And, right. I, and look, I know that Ross and I do not see eye to eye on Cam Newton. We see eye to eye on most things. I know Cam Newton is something him and I don't. Um, I think, Cam, I think that Ross also believes I'm too hard on Cam Newton or I'm harder on Cam Newton than I believe I am. Um, I was, a lot of, you know, because I've read the comments, I was just like Sarah for most of this season with Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. I just, by week 15, 16, I had lost faith. You know, I had just, I'd seen enough. I defended him for 14 weeks. And I remember, I remember Connor's words. How many times can we accept? I need to play better. I need to do better. I need to yeah. play better. You know, like we love the accountability, but it was the same thing week in and week out. Right. It was a lot better like week eight and week nine when he was saying that it was much easier to defend him. But it, when it was like the seventh or eighth week in a row saying the same thing, it's like, I don't even want to listen to this press conference anymore. Yeah. You almost knew what it was going to be. It was, right, almost, yeah. it was almost by that point. It almost sounded. So, I loved it. I loved the accountability. I mm -hmm. loved Cam. Me too. I loved that. He'd come out the day after a loss and they'd say, how are you? And he'd say, unbelievable with that, you know, sly smile on his face. I loved I said, Cam Newton is a guy I'd love to sit around with, you know, have a sip of cognac, smoke a cigar and have a deep, meaningful conversation with because he's also really, really smart. Right. Right. I have no issues with Cam Newton, the person. Cam Newton, the quarterback is where is where I, I I'm going to say lost, lost my faith in. Yeah, I'm just not quite there yet, but, you know, maybe eventually. But, yeah, I'm not there yet. I am going to point something out to everybody, though. Okay. For all you people who do throw the hate at Sarah in the comments, when we see it, we're not blind to it. You guys got to understand the hill that she's put herself on. And, and I think the guts it takes because the easy thing right now to do is to hate on Cam Newton. That's the easy take. It really is because you, sure. you, if you're wrong, great. You know, if Cam Newton comes out this year and proves me wrong, fantastic. 
I'll have zero issues facing you guys and saying, hey, I was wrong. Cam's playing great. For everybody who told me to have faith, I'm sorry I didn't listen. Sarah knows she's putting herself in a position that she may have to look at you guys and say, I was wrong. You know what I mean? Like, we're five games in now. Cam looks exactly the way he looked last year. That That's a lot more ballsy than you guys may mm-hmm. not be taking into consideration right now. So I, re- I, re- I respect the... I respect the stance. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. We got a donation here from Billy Green. Thank you, sir. He says, what wide receiver should we sign slash trade for slash draft? Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I like Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the connection with him and Cam, too. Don't forget that. Because they practice there in the offseason. Okay, so why don't you, why don't Connor, we'll start with you, we'll go to Sarah, and then I'll finish off. Who do you want to sign? Who do you want to trade? Who do you want to draft for? Patriots are going to bring in three receivers this year. As Ooh. far, oh, I like it. As far as signing, um, hmm, I, 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 are these three people we can take anybody we want? Well, no, let's talk about like who's free agent. Reali- realistically. Realistically. Mm-hmm. I think right now, Allen Robinson can be realistic because he's a free agent. Okay. Right? So anybody who's a free agent, yeah. who would you? like the Patriots to sign, trade for a draft. And I think be realistic in your trade. Don't turn around and say, Tyreek Hill, we know right. that Tyreek yeah. Hill's not available. Right, right, right. That's what I was thinking. Um, As far as signing goes, I think Allen Robinson is the best wide receiver on the open market. But I'd also like to see the Patriots sign Curtis Samuel. I think he'd definitely be a good option. And I think it depends on the route they go. If they want to spend a lot of money all on one wide receiver, make it Allen Robinson. But if they want to split it between two people, then they could go... Curtis Samuel and then get somebody a little bit lower down the list like Nelson Aguilar somebody like that um as far as trading for somebody I've been saying Odell Beckham Jr. since I was like 22 so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that at Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) since you were a wee lot yeah (laughs) and as far as as far as drafting um I don't know anything (laughs) about the NFL draft coming up I'm gonna say the rice king on that one (laughs) Or just Waddle and or Waddle because he's one of the ones that we actually know. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, oh my gosh. Okay, who should we sign? I'm still on the boat of signing two wide receivers. So um you can only I, pick one. You can only pick one. Okay, so Wait, I would say Curtis Samuel then. Who should we trade for? Oh my goodness. Um I mean Odell, of course, but like it's hard to say who because of course then I'm like I want to be like Julio Jones but like that's probably not happening um you could you never know I mean okay we'll say Julio because I feel like that would be like amazing we've been talking about wanting him on the on the Patriots for years as well and to draft I don't know wide receivers let's say Waddle Kyle Pitts because Ray's preach for him to be um converted so um sure that'll be my three all right, so look, we're all going to be pretty similar. I have said up and down, if there was ever a time that the New England Patriots were going to make a trade for Odell Beckham Jr., now is the time. Mm-hmm. The experiment didn't work in Cleveland. We know there's an interest from both Bill Belichick and Odell Beckham Jr. We need an offensive weapon. Give Odell a chance. His contract is manageable. I think it's only about $15 million. I'd love for them to trade for Odell. Uh, sign. I'm on. Uh, I'm at the. I'm on the the Curtis Samuel uh, train now as well. I used to be on the Corey Davis train, 
after watching Lawrence's two film brooms on both those guys, I fell off Corey Davis. Uh, his season was boosted by the players he played with. He can't do a proper cut. He's still got a lot to work on. Uh, I like Curtis Samuel. He is a boomer bust type of guy, but he's going to give that that real downfield presence that the Patriots need. And from a draft, I want Amonra St. Brown uh, out of USC. He is a... Uh, to me, he reminds me of a Patriot slot receiver, you know, a little bit taller. He's six foot one, but uh, blue collar guy, you know, has good body control. He's going to fight for that football. That's that's if he can, if the Patriots could grab him in the second round, uh, that's if he falls that that's what I'd like them to pick up. Very I'll nice. have to look into that guy because I haven't heard that name, but that's not surprising. I've barely heard of anyone. So touche. <laughs> All right, we got another donation here from Ross. Thank you, sir. He says, Captain Ray, disagree with you, bruh. Cam literally did not play for almost two years before coming here. No pre or off season, uh, COVID, et cetera. Your expectations too high. My worry about mechanics, the same mechanics that he had in Carolina has nothing to do with what you are talking about. My expectations were way too high for Cam Newton. Me too. And I think that's where the issue is. Yeah. Is Cam Newton, if he if he signs now and shows up to OTAs, and I think where do they, when do they go to OTAs? May? April, May? They start the volunteer mm-hmm. OTAs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he shows up to OTAs, and he has a full preseason. He has a full training camp, a full everything. Will Cam Newton know the playbook better? Yes. Will Cam Newton look better than last year? Probably. Do I think he's going to magically fix all those mechanical issues that he has? No. Do I think his arm, which is just beat up because of injury, is it going to suddenly be stronger? No. You know, like I think there's there's things wrong with Cam Newton that had nothing to do with the points you made. You're absolutely right. He would have been better if he would have had more time with the Patriots, I just don't think he would have been good enough. Again, this go. is something Ross and I don't see eye to eye on. It's all right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's why we're fans because we're going to have different opinions. Mm-hmm. Very, tr- very true. Yeah, I, we'll uh, do one more before we cut for the break. All righty. We got one here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It says uh, they're playing 17 games this season. Word on the street. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, I think he said this last night. I, I've heard so many rumors about that. Is that a fact? I believe so. I've also heard that the the Patriots are going to have the extra home game and they're going to be hosting Dallas. Okay. I'm Which down with that. That would be kind of cool. What depending on what Dallas looks like could be an interesting uh could be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, their Dallas last game very was volatile. And their last game was in 2019 and that was a good game too. I mean, it was a crazy game. I think it was a wet it was raining, I think. And that one was entertaining. So if it's going to be anything like that. Uh, was that the Tom Brady, I'm just tired game? Um, hey, don't I, believe, re- I don't remember. It was, him, it was them or Philly and they were on a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think though that it was that game, that, that close game against Dallas, that I'm just tired. I'm the most miserable 8-0 quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. That might have yeah. been. Well, and that was basically how he was in 2019. So <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. All right. We got to cut to commercial so we can clear that chat, Connor. 
Um, guys, we're going to take about two to three minutes here. You're going to hear from our sponsors over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company, over at manscaped.com and fcustom.com. They help us pay the bills here at Deer Pats Nation. And you're also going to hear the worst song in the world, but a ad for our <laughs> Patreon page. Sit back, kick back, Connor, go get your drink, and we'll be back with you in two minutes. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscaped.com and use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscaped.com. Fcustom.com is your spot to find the best custom baseball, basketball, and football jerseys. Choose from hundreds of designs and colors and customize the jersey any way you want. Use the promo code RayRoute and save yourself 10% to get the best custom jerseys at Fcustom.com. Hey, if you enjoy the lighthearted, wholesome content that you get from the Dear Pats Nation podcast, YouTube, and Facebook page and wish that you could get more, you are in luck because Dear Pats Nation has launched our Patreon page. We didn't add any ridiculous tiered levels of support. We're not asking you to pledge 20 bucks a month for five bucks. That's right. Five bucks a month. You'll have access to daily exclusive Dear Pats Nation videos. You'll get traditional vlogs from Connor, Sarah, and I talking about the Patriots, the Celtics and the Red Sox, but we'll also have exclusive interviews, behind the scene footage, bloopers, early views of videos that aren't available on YouTube, live streams exclusively for Patreon members, and that's just scratching the surface. We're not going to make you pay a monthly fee if we're not committed to adding and making it the best possible experience for you. We're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to rip you off. We just want enough to pay our bills and being able to create on Patreon is just one way we're trying to do it. So please come check out our check out our Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash DPN sports. We've also left the description in, or we've also left the link of the, in the description of our YouTube and Facebook videos. We don't think you'll be sorry. So please, at the very least, at least go check it out. And if you don't want to sign up and you don't want to pay, that's all right too. We ain't mad. You can still expect us to be here streaming live every Sunday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. But if you want to get more, go check us out over on Patreon. All right, so I want to get into some other subjects here. Probably won't be as in-depth as, this, as these you know, riveting quarterback conversations that we have over and over again. Uh, but I read today that the New York Jets are open to taking trade calls for Sam Darnold. Now, hmm. odds are the Patriots would have no shot of making that trade, especially in a division. And I think uh, Lawrence and I briefly talked about it tonight, and he said it would cost the Patriots like five first-round picks for Sam Darnold just because you know the last thing the Jets would ever want is to see Sam Darnold with the Patriots being successful. Uh, but what do you think about that? Uh, does that, does that give you indication that perhaps, first of all, do you believe that that was New York telling the other general managers that, Hey, we're open to calls about Sam Darnold and B, are we going to see Justin Fields in New York this year? Yes. And possibly yes. 
So I think that they probably are trying to move on from Sam Darnold and put, you know, feelers out there and let the other general managers know that they're probably going to take a quarterback. I don't know if it's necessarily fields or if they have their eyes on somebody else, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jets moved on from Sam Darnold. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what they get in return for him. Yeah, I think there's been rumors for too long the Jets wanting to possibly move on or trade talks like for it to not happen. I mean, and now they have a brand new head coach, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's like quite an overhaul in New York. I mean it in a lot of ways. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, they definitely are putting it out there to hey guys, like we are down for whatever you want to offer us. And you know, uh I don't know what they'll get in return, but there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. So if there's any that rather have um, a veteran, then I think that they should explore that. The Buffalo Bills were a close second behind the Arizona Cardinals of signing J.J. Watt. They were right in the thick of that sweepstakes. How much of a break did, well, not just the Patriots, but the entire AFC East, possibly the AFC get by J.J. deciding to go sign with Arizona? Yeah, the AFC East caught a big break there, man, especially with the Bills already having gone 13-3 and and went to the AFC Championship game. They already had a good defense. They already have a great offense between Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. I mean, they're running back away from being the best offense in football pretty much. And then that defense already has a pretty good pass rush as it is. To throw J.J. Watt in that mix would kind of push them over the top. If they got J.J. Watt and then they could put together a decent run game, I think they would be one of, if not the best teams in the NFL going for, going into this season. So I think they dodged a bullet there. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that the Patriots don't have to face him too here, <laughs> especially with right. the question mark at quarterback. I mean, he was on fire last season with um, batting balls. So I'm, I mm-hmm. don't want you yep. anywhere near at all. <laughs> Joe Tooney is set to become the highest paid guard in the National Football League, according to um, many sort of NFL sources, insiders, former GMs, that kind of thing. Two-part question for you guys. A, does that mean Joe Tooney's time with New England has come to an end? And B, does that put even more emphasis on New England re-signing David Andrews? I'm going to say yes and yes. I can't see Bill Belichick tying all that money up at the guard position. So I think that whether he tags him and trades him or if he lets him walk in free agency, we've probably seen the last of Joe Tooney. And then from there, I think it makes it even more important that they do sign David Andrews because center is one of the most important uh, positions on the O-line and in, in all of football to make sure that they have somebody solidified at that position. So I don't think he's going to pay both of them. And if he has to pick between the two, I think David Andrews is going to get the money. You know, I do have, I agree with you. Um, I I wonder if this works. Do, so we, I think we briefly talked about it or maybe it was just I talking, me talking myself. Um, But Dak getting tagged for a second time would increase how much they would have to pay him. Also work if they tagged Tooney a second time bumps up their tag if it's the second time so i think for sure if they tag him and then their pay they're and trading him i don't see them paying him more than that and then yeah if they do that then i don't think they're going to keep him i think andrews is more of a piece that they would try to keep um especially if two knows that he paid that much money somewhere else and i i can't imagine why he wouldn't chase that 
I just need to know, Connor, because I want to see if I got to fix something. Was Sarah cutting out for you or was she good? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. You were cutting out a little yeah. bit there. Oh, okay. So the Miami Dolphins are on a, they're in a, in a youth movement right now. By releasing Kyle Van Noy yesterday, the Miami Dolphins now have no player over the age of 29 on their team. Ooh. Every wow. single player is under oh 30 goodness. years old heading into free agency. Is Miami setting themselves up to be good for a long time? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think Miami is going to be a problem in the AFCs going forward, especially if Tua ends up being a pretty good quarterback. I don't think we got a big enough sample size out of him last season to say whether or not he's going to be good or bad. Um, they have a lot of high picks coming up the next two seasons. They have some money to spend, and I think that that's that's baffling that the oldest person on their entire team is 29. They have a lot of young talent. They have money, and Brian Flores is a young, good coach. They have very few holes in that team going forward for a long time. Yeah, I think they've already improved since Flores has been there. So, I, I mean, the fact that they have such a young team, it's only going to get better. He's proving to be probably one of the better parts of uh, Belichick coaching tree so um the fact that they have already gotten better since he's here I I mean it's crazy they're just going to get better and better so the AFC East is starting to get tough and everyone wanted to say Brady walked into the playoffs every AFC East easy well it's starting to get difficult and I think people are getting excited about it so last season, the New York Jets managed to upset their best player, Jamal Adams, who eventually demanded a trade, and he was traded away, and they seem to be at it again. Field Gates tweeted out today that the Jets could have $80 million in cap space or more by the time free agency begins. They have five first-round picks over the next three drafts, tied with the Lions for the most. Any player available, be it free agency or trade, the Jets have the resource to try and acquire him. Well, this then prompted their best safety last year, Marcus May. It prompted his agent, Eric Burkhart, to say, yet they refuse to take care of their best player, captain and team voted MVP in his prime, who had several All-Pro votes and who played out his entire rookie deal and even changed positions on his contract year after they got rid of last year's All-Pro safety. He then threw up the peace sign. Hmm. Are the New York Jets ever going to be able to right the ship or does this just seem like an organization like the Cleveland Browns where everything's just going to go wrong for the next 20 years and a lot of that being their own fault? Well, I think they took the biggest and most important step by firing Adam Gase. I think he was the definition of a dumpster fire there. And I, I think that was one of the biggest things holding them back is finally they cut ties with him. Uh, I think it's still going to be an uphill battle because they're still just not that talented of a team. But first and foremost, they needed to get rid of Gase, and they did that. So I think the tide might start to turn, and they have the ability to start to improve. But they have a long road because they've been a, such a such a disaster for such a long time. Yeah, and it's not good when you continue to piss off your players and particularly your 
best ones. Like that's not good. I think they just need to slow their roll a little bit. Maybe with the new coach, that's going to help. I don't think that many of the players were very supportive of Gase. So maybe bringing in this younger first time coach that people are excited about, that'll help Mm -hmm. a little bit, but I definitely, it seems like an organizational poem and that's not easy to change. The Buffalo Bills linebacker Matt Milano is being slotted as the best linebacker available in free agency. Now, if you look at PFF, he had an overall grade of 55.8 and a run defense of 45.9, which obviously isn't great, but his pass rush was 78.5. He ended up this season two with a passer rating allowed against him of 78.9. Uh, Ended up 36 tackles, five assists. He had 20 stops, four sacks, only missed five tackles. Should the Patriots be interested in Matt Milano, considering that they need to, uh, that they need to improve that pass rush drastically? Uh, yes and no. My concern when it comes to him is the fact that he's being toted as the number one, you know, linebacker in the open market. So I think they might get into a little bit of a bidding war and people might overpay for him because there's just not much else out there. Uh, I also like the fact that they have Winovich and Uche who could, you know, be a good tandem for the pass rush going forward. Bringing Hightower back obviously is going to be a huge step forward. I'd like to see them do something, but I don't know if the price tag would be worth it to bring in him, to bring in Milano. And I would say one positive is they've had pretty, you know, a pretty good record with bringing in former Bills players. So that is one thing to consider. But yeah, I think it's going to come down to the price, um, especially because line, the linebacker position, they definitely do um, work on stopping the run, obviously. Yep. But I don't know that that is necessarily like a very top, top priority that you need to be spending tons of money on right now. They have so many other problems that they need to fix that if he was asking for a ridiculous amount of money, if he's being touted as the number one linebacker on the market, then yeah, I would say to just let him go somewhere else. So before we get into the comments, Connor, you can start looking them up. I got a, a DM from Jay, a uh, longtime follower and listener of this show and he asked me nice. what will you do if dante hightower got traded to tampa oh my god <laughs> oh my gosh you don't would, say that other than I cry would, <laughs> you might actually hear me excuse me you may actually hear me rip on bill belichick if you traded him to tampa uh yeah there is a possibility of tears i will mm-hmm. say that there would be a possibility of tears i would not be trading or, or cheering for the tampa bay buccaneers um, I don't even know if I could watch a Buccaneers game because I would, I just couldn't watch Hightower. I couldn't see that 54 in a, in that Buccaneers red or black or white, whatever color they're deciding to wear. It would, it would hurt me too much. Obviously I'd wish him success. Uh, if the Patriots do suck next year, I would hope that Hightower could get his fourth Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I could watch him do it. I think it would just, it would hurt me too much, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I said to a lot of people, uh, Dante Hightower to me is what Tom Brady was to a lot of you. Yeah, damn. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is he gonna go put Dante Hightower on the Buccaneers? <laughs> We've already Gronk's there. Everyone's saying Edelman's gonna go. James White. Now we got a uh, Hightower. Jeez. We don't want everyone going there, guys. Just because we, you know, soft swap from Brady, we don't we don't want the entire Patriots team going there. Okay, we're supposed to be Patriots fans, That's right. not Tom Brady fans having the. New England South. For real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we got a uh, we got a donation here from Ross to start it off. Shocking! It's Ross. Thank you, Donated. sir. Ross says thoughts on NFL talent like Wilson making demands. Is this Russell Wilson? I presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's talking about Russell Wilson's or Wilson. Uh, uh, I believe that Tom Brady empowered quarterbacks. To be honest with you, I think that when he and I know that I've seen people say like, yeah, but try winning, you know, six Super Bowls. That doesn't matter. Right. You don't have to be the goat to be empowered. Uh, I think when Tom Brady walked away from New England, uh, everybody in the NFL was shocked. I mean, if you talk to every player, former Patriots players around the league, Aaron Rodgers, they, uh, they all said it like they didn't see him leaving. If you watch what happened after Brady left New England, that's when Dak Prescott got very brave in Dallas. Suddenly Deshaun yep. Watson's like, you guys don't want to respect me. If Tom Brady can leave New England, I don't have to stay here in Houston. Um, and now you got like Russell Wilson being like, put an offensive line in front of me. This is ridiculous. I'm sick of getting sacked. I want to win another Super Bowl. Right. Uh, it, yeah, I, I'm okay. Listen, we've seen just a, a massacre of cuts this week with Van Noy, Golden Tate got cut today, Kyle Rudolph yesterday, Jared Cook. Um, I know one one NFL executive told a reporter that he believes it's going to be a massacre the next two weeks. You're just going to see yep. huge names being cut. If teams are able to, if, if teams are going to treat players like commodities, then players need to treat themselves like commodities too. And they need to say, no, this is what I'm worth. This is what I want. And worth isn't just money. Worth is what you put around me. I saw a comment that um, in my chat with uh, Lawrence this afternoon or this earlier this evening that was talking about Lamar Jackson, because we were talking about how Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are nowhere close on a contract. Mm-hmm. And someone said, I think it was Facile who said, and it could be someone else. If it was somebody else, I apologize, but said Lamar's just playing tough and making them sign a wide receiver. Well, yeah, maybe he is. And if he is, it's fine. And I think that it's a bit right. The NFL is a business. The, the, the NFL expects loyalty from its players, but doesn't expect, but won't be loyal to them. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Very true. I mean, Bill, Bill Belichick's a prime example of that. Absolutely. So if, some, if somebody like Bill Bell or if Tom Brady's going to be like, man, I've given you everything. You can't even give me a tap on the back. I'm leaving. Belichick needs to take that like a man. You know, mm-hmm. he needs to say, okay, fine. You're right. And I think that Tom Brady has empowered a lot of these quarterbacks around the league to be like, listen, I'm your best commodity. Look what happened to the Patriots when Tom Brady left. What do you think is going to happen to Seattle if I leave? Or Deshaun's going, watch what's going to happen to your organization when I leave, Houston. You're going to right. learn that you should have respected me. Dak's going to say, come on, Jerry, sign me or I'm signing with somebody else. You know what I mean? I'm not letting – you wanted to sign Zeke. You wanted to sign Cooper. You wanted to sign everybody else but your quarterback. Now it's coming home to roost. And yep. I think that's the, I think that's all related to Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I think the tides are really starting to turn in the NFL. I mean, we've never really seen franchise quarterbacks get traded or walk away from the team. Teams always found a way to tie them up and keep them with the same team for a long period of time. We've already seen Stafford and Goff get swept, sw- whatever the word is for, crisscross <laughs> there. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz got dealt. Tom Brady walked away from the Patriots, obviously. I mean, there, there's more going on in the quarterback position than there ever has. And I think Deshaun Watson's probably going to get traded. Sam Darnold's probably going to get traded. There, there's a lot that's still going to happen as well. It, it's going to be way different than it used to be. And what happened this year with Tampa and the Patriots needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like for the players to get the power they have. Yep. Brady didn't have to win a Super Bowl, but he had to get to the playoffs. He had to be successful yeah. Tampa yep. and New England had to take that big step backwards. Even if we could say that it was, you know, they were broke, they didn't have the players, that's irregardless. 
right? Franchise quarterbacks are looking at their general managers and coaches now going like, I'm going to do to you what Brady did to the Patriots and I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to bring them to a Super Bowl. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be, I think you don't think Detroit is fearing that Matthew Stafford wins a Super Bowl this year. Right. They have to be because because the Rams are going to be even more legit than they already were. And they went pretty close to making it to the uh, NFC championship last year. I think Robert Kraft was cheering for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl, but I, I think do I think business wise though he was hoping he wouldn't. Right. Yeah. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's a business part of Kraft that thought, I don't want this happening to my organization. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So and and I I the Fords and, and and the rest of the Lions organization could say whatever they want. They don't want Stafford to win a, a championship this year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was gonna say too that I think what is interesting is all of the quarterbacks that are making you know, their, their feelings known people don't really have a problem with it because a lot of what they're saying is legitimate. I mean, speaking of Russell Wilson, him not having a good offensive line. Well, that makes sense. It's basically been his entire career. I forget they had a stat of how many times he's been sacked. It was like 300 something times or 400 times, something ridiculous. So the fact that he feels if it is um, a Brady effect, then good for that because like he has every right to be saying you know what i'm tired of getting knocked down you guys need to do something about this because i leave and i'm not the one that's going to struggle you are so i'm all for it absolutely all right we got big mgm here saying funny how the afc least always seems to get tough to people when brady's not here sort of like how the east more competitive without lebron but analysis will find a way to shrug it off um Mm -hmm. i mean they, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Obviously, yeah, Brady's not here, but this Bills and the Miami Dolphins have been building up towards this for a long time. I think the Bills would have been a phenomenal team this year, regardless of whether or not Brady was still around. So the the Bills have been 20 years in the making, and the Dolphins are almost there. They obviously improved a lot this year, but I think two, three, four years going forward, the Miami Dolphins are going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So I'll disagree with you on the fact that we don't know what Miami's going to be. Right. So I'll 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 concede to that. The Buffalo Bills would have given the Patriots a run for their money if Tom Brady had mm-hmm. the 2016 team with him. Right. Uh, the Buffalo Bills were legit, and again, I I believe they're running back away from being an elite offense. And uh, their defense struggled a little bit this year. Maybe the Patriots would have won one of those two games. Uh, that blowout that happened in Buffalo. Or no, it wasn't even in Buffalo. Was that that blow that happened at Gillette. Yeah. That may have happened, depending on where right. the Patriots were at that point. Uh, I think Buffalo's legit. I'll concede I'm not ready to to give Miami that nod yet. I want to see what happens going forward. Yeah, I agree. And then also just back to what I was just saying, sports gaming TV said uh Russell got sacked 398 times. Ooh. So the fact that he's complaining about an offensive line, I mean, I don't think anyone can blame him for that. And that's mm-hmm. not asking too much. He's just asking to be protected. I mean, but yeah. All right, we got Approach E3 here saying, I can't wait to see when we do when we don't do anything in free agency and everyone says in Bill We Trust, <laughs> LOL. This is going to be the year they go on a spending spree. They've done it before, and I think they're going to do it again. I don't see them having a, a mild offseason like they've had in the past. 
I don't think so. And I mean, there's been so much talk about like, oh, they were interested in this person and this person and this person and whether or not it's all completely true, like whether they were going to go in on them, I think is a little irrelevant, but you can see that they're already like dipping their feet in for a bunch of people, even people that weren't ever rumored to be an interest to them. So I think they're going to spend money for sure. I think if they go into the free agency and don't sign anybody and they sign a bunch of supporting cast, I will be saying in Bill we trust, but for a completely different reason. Yep. Again, you are coming at it. Uh, what's that say? Prosh? Prosh? Prosh. Yeah, from here. Prosh 3. You're coming at it from uh, they're going to compete in 2021 or they want to compete in 2021. I've been preaching for the last, I don't know how many weeks now, that I want to see the Patriots not compete next year. I want them to continue this rebuild the right way. I don't want to see them spend a whack of money just to try to compete for one year and still not have a future quarterback or or or, or be locked into bad contracts. They got a bunch of veteran guys like Hightower, uh, the McCourty twins, Chung, who are at the twilight of their career. Those positions are going to need to get replaced. You're not going to be able to replace and fill and build everything you need to do in one offseason. They're not going to be able to you know, fix the world problems in free agency or the draft this season. It's going to take a couple of those. Um, so if they do nothing, I'd be a okay with that. Um, again, cause I'm not coming from it from a, and I've been consistent on this. I'm not coming yep. at it from a, they have to compete in 2021. I talk about how they can compete in 2021 or what I think they need to do, because there's a lot of you who believe they should. And for entertainment purposes, that's why I do it. Yeah. Connor, I mean, absolutely. I was just going to say, I don't have super high expectations um, for free agency. I think some people do. I think that they're, you know, hoping that they bring in an Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin or something like that, which I, I understand. But I think that people need to modify your expectations because that's not something that Bill has traditionally done. So expect the worst, hope for the best, I would say. <laughs> All right. And as we come to the end here, Connor, I want to do want to talk uh, one question about the Red Sox here, if we can. Yes, sir. So players of all ages and backgrounds have participated in the Red Sox uh, spring training games thus far, including their big name prospect, Jeter Downs. Mm -hmm. Now, manager Alex Cora appeared to be very optimistic about Downs' eventual role with this team, but still gave off the impression that both he and the front office are looking to give him more seasoning before calling him on to play at the top level. The Red Sox have been continuing with this youth movement as of late. How important will Downs development be for Boston in the future? Yeah, that's going to be huge. They have a couple of those kids that they look like they're going to start to develop. Um, they're still young enough that they don't need him immediately because they have a pretty good uh, lineup solidified going forward. So it won't be like imperative that he comes in and starts right away this year. But his development going forward is going to be big because they do have a couple guys who are going to age out of the team pretty soon. J.D. Martinez, I think, is still a very good player, but he's nearing the end of his prime. Two years from now, he's going to be a big bat that's missing from the lineup all of a sudden. Um, Xander Bogarts is still rel relatively young, but same, same thing there. there. There are guys that in a couple years, they're going to need somebody who's going to step up and fill that void. And I think that hopefully he's going to be able to be one of them. Now I haven't I didn't see anything today from a game perspective or a stat. I was very busy today, but I did kind of see on Twitter sort of floating around. Was it another home run derby today? Big mm -hmm. time. Even bigger than yesterday. They put up 14 runs today. How was the pitching? The pitching was must have been pretty good because I think they won 14 to 5, so it must have at least been decent. 
Okay, give me your overreaction to them winning 14-5 to on their third spring training game of the season. They are absolutely <laughs> exploding right now. They are playing home run derby. They have the best offense in the entire MLB, and they're going to win 101 games. <laughs> Odds of winning the World Series? Um, it's up to about 50% at this point that they're going to win the World Series. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago, you and I talked about it on Patreon. Yeah. We, we said that they'd be about 500. Yep. You had them a couple games over 500. I said 500 exactly. Now you've got a 50% chance, not just of going 500, but of winning the World winning Series. Winning the World Series, yes. <laughs> and I if, love, if Bill I Belichick Boston can do sports. it, I'll be rich. I'll be rich. I absolutely... You guys don't understand how much I love Boston sports fans. It's why Boston sports fans are the greatest fans in the world, whether you're a Patriots fan, a Celtics fan, a Bruins fan, a Red Sox fan. You're either so negative that you get angry over trivial things when it comes to your team. Um, the Patriots fan base is the only fan base I know who the day after they won the World Series has already talked about how bad the next season is going to be. <laughs> but you're also the only base that I know that has a a Boston Red Sox team that's destined for 500 that keep telling me, don't count them out, man. Don't count them right. out. You know, Alex Cora came out and said, this team's going to be competing in October. So they're going to be there. And right. I'm sitting there going like, do they have a regular season game in October? Because that's, that's I the only so. way I see the Boston Red Sox competing in October this year. Oh, and did we I, kick Sarah out. Did she, did she get upset with us? I don't know. She disappeared. Did she just say, I'm done with you guys? Uh, I guess so. Too much. Uh, did we offend her? Too much I don't know. I guess she's she's very. Um, she's dead set on the Red Sox playing in October. I, she got offended when I said they're. they're <laughs> I don't know. Maybe her computer went blank. We were having issues with her computer a little bit. Weird. Should I message her? Ask her if she quit the show? I guess, yeah. Quit the show? <laughs> yeah, because she didn't even like she didn't even like like freeze up. She just left. Yeah. Weird. All right then. I'm, I gotta blame you on this one, man. I agree. I take full responsibility here. I'm sorry for what I said earlier about everything. Is she coming back? I don't know. So we're just going to sit here with dead air? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So everyone that's on the podcast, Sarah was here uh, less than a minute ago, and now she has disappeared. She's gone. Finished. She, Done she gone? Oh, I got a text. Okay. She doesn't know what happened. Oh, boy. Come back. <laughs> just click the link. <laughs> doesn't know what happened she did not quit the show okay she did not quit the show that's the important part and i just told her to come back and then she's going to come back i'm going to say connor tell me about those red Sox. <laughs> they're gonna be legit i'll tell you that much why did you end the, you just ended the show well before we do that i'm gonna bring up my patriots updates here he says ross hook me up with a shout out i don't know what the Notch means, but here's your shout out right here. Shout out my Patriots updates. I don't get it. I think he was asking Ross to, to hook him up with the donation so he'd get a shout out. 
Oh, her internet, her internet went out. I'm just going to tell her we're wrapping up. Yeah, I don't, I kept getting that in the beginning of the show. Well, I watched the feedback after you said that and I yep. was, we were, we were actually fine. So you, it must have been me going, but then her internet got bad. She was cutting out a lot there. Yep. She's trying to fix her internet. I just told her we're wrapping up. So internet issues all around tonight. All right, Connor. Tell me about those Red Sox. They're going to be legit, kid. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.